Welcome to the Northeast Community Church Podcast. If you have any questions or would like to know more about us, visit us on the web at necommunity.church. And so today we're going to complete our series entitled Mission Control. And for you guys who haven't been here, Mission Control was based upon us talking about uh, how God has given us as believers, as Christians, a mission in life. We didn't just get saved just to uh, hang out until uh, it's time to go to heaven. But we are actually engaged and we're actually soldiers, the Bible uh, gives us this illusion of us being soldiers in this warfare. And when um, you're on mission, you don't have the opportunity to say, you know what, I just don't feel like doing the things that the commanding officer is telling me to do. I don't have the luxury of saying, you know, y'all go out and march today. I'm going to sit here and chill and watch some Netflix. And as believers, we have to understand that God has called us and given us a purpose, and it is our responsibility to live out that purpose here on earth. And so we talked about the mission that we're on, and we also talked about controlling various aspects of our life. We talked about these things that abort the mission of God. We talked about our tongues getting us in trouble and God being very, very, very serious about the words that we use. And so we talked about controlling or taming our tongue. We also talk about uh, our thoughts, capturing our thoughts, because our thought life, Jesus cares about our thought life. Some of us, we relish in, well, I thought it, but I didn't do it. That's good. That's showing a little bit of control. But God is even coming after your thoughts. And he wants you to think the way that he would want you to think, because you have this worldview that says God is God. God is sovereign. God is in control. And I need to be thinking and embodying what God would say for my life. The word even tells us that as a man thinks, so is he. And so you're, you're no greater than your thought life. And so finally, right now, we're going to talk about today, we're going to talk about one of the, this is not the, the only thing that, that, that derails our thought life and derails our tongue, but this is the culmination of it all because uh, I see as uh, over the years of being a minister and a pastor uh, and counseling people that uh, the number one thing that I see that really derails us as believers is this thing called anger. Some of, you be, some of you may be sitting in the room right now, and you might be saying, well, I don't have a problem with anger. Well, I, uh, I beg to differ with a lot of you. Just because you don't have expressions of anger or fits of anger doesn't mean that you don't deal with anger. Some of us suppress anger. Some of us turn anger inwardly, and it becomes depression. Some of us, we act out upon our anger, but it's not like the person who just has this, these fits, but it's passive aggressive. And it's like, I'm not, I'm not, I what you talking about? And don't look, look, I'm looking around the room. People are looking at other people in the room right now. Listen, sucking the air out of the room and then saying, well, I'm not angry, but you're stuffing it down. And God knows that you're going through these things and you're, you're not only inhibiting your relationship with God, but you're tearing apart families. You're tearing apart relationships. You're tearing apart your mission. Christians ought not be angry people. But the way that I've seen it, sometimes Christians are the most angry people. This is a true story. I looked it up this morning. I couldn't find it again. I saw this years ago. I don't I remember how many years ago I saw this story. But it was a story about this man who uh, got saved and he was, going, he was getting baptized. And his wife didn't show up to his baptism. 
Anybody heard the story? I see some people laughing. He went promptly home and killed her with a hammer. And the church said, oh. Like, did you not get the idea of what baptism was? And we look at that story and we marvel at that story and our jaw drops at this story. But like, according to what the scripture says, we kill people with our mouths all the time. We kill people with our thoughts all the time. And while you might be a little bit better than a man who killed his wife over missing his baptism. We don't have it all together. And God is saying, listen. Anger is going to happen. We're going to go into this this morning. Anger is going to happen, but how do you deal with the anger? That's what we're going to explore this morning. I think about my kids often because, like, just the, just the thought of God being a father, it makes me often relate to my kids. And I think about them. They're growing up in a generation where road rage is normal. I can remember I was like 15, 16 years old, mijo, when I first heard about road rage. I'm like, what's going on with this? It was a new concept to me. Now it's just the norm. And they've grown up in a culture and a society where, where, where people are thumb thugging. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You get on the internet and you just, you know, you just let everybody know about all the stuff that's going on in your life and what they need to do, and you be dry snitching on, on the interwebs. And it's normative. And as I was riding back from Galveston, uh, uh, I was riding to Galveston because I couldn't get the podcast to work on the way back. I wished I could have. Because um, the conversations are going on in the car. I'm like, okay. But I was listening to this podcast and it was talking about the political climate. And we've gotten to a place now where our politicians are angry all the time. And they're and we look at the politicians and we laugh and we shake our fingers and we shake our thumbs and this. I don't know where you land politically. I'm not going to talk politically right now. See, some of y'all say, go ahead and say it so I can go to another church. I'm not going to do that right now. But what I will say, what I will say is those people who are represented, uh, representing us in, in, in office are a representation of us as a nation. And I was listening to this podcast, and people kept saying, well, this person doesn't have, you know, a person in that position it should be more dignified. You should be more dignified as a believer. As a nation who says that we are majority Christian, look at the way that our country is going. Why? Because we're walking around, and listen, if you're offended by this, I apologize. We walked around pissed off all the time. And you sitting in those seats right now, many of us right now sitting in these seats are pissed off. And I can, listen, 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 this is how I know. This is how I can tell you, because I'm not one who doesn't look in the mirror every morning. I spent the majority of my life angry. The majority of my life angry. Even when I became a Christian, still mad. It didn't go away. Lord, why did you have to give me a crackhead mama? Lord, why did I have to be born into this neighborhood? Lord, why am I the one that ain't got food on the table? Lord, why? 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 And you know what? What happened is it became the seed of bitterness on the inside of me. And once it gets down on the inside of you, and once anger takes root, guess what, baby? It's hard to get, hard, get, get, get rid of. We talked about this last week. These things called strongholds. And anger has been a stronghold in my life. And then as I'm getting free of it, and as I'm counseling people, I'm starting to see I'm not the only one. 
I think the church can get further along if we would just raise our hand and go, I ain't the only one. That's what small groups are about. So you can sit down with other believers and go, I'm not the only one. You too. So how can we get up out of this situation? How can we get up out of this circumstance together? James chapter 1 verse 20 says this. The anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. And so what that scripture is telling me is that, listen, and we're going to have more scriptures. I'll just say he, I'm not proof texting. What that says to me is that when there is anger abiding in your life and an anger abiding in your heart, you cannot produce what God has best for you. You cannot be in right standing with God with anger in your heart and your life. Now, we understand that Jesus paid it all and that as believers, we are righteous inside of him. But in ourself, in our flesh, it does not display the righteousness of God. And here's the thing. The world is looking for the righteousness of God to be on display so they can say, you know what, golly, I can, I, I, I can access God. I can be a part of what God is doing. But we don't do that because we're so angry all the time. The world is looking for Christian marriages so they can go, you know what, I want a marriage like that. But they come over to your house to eat and they leave going, mm-mm. <laughs> married folks, when single folks are around you, do they go, ooh, I can't wait till I get married. Oh, mm, child, I'm going to be single the rest of my life. <laughs> Stuff, anger, kills. Watch this. The American Psychological Society or Association says this about anger. Anger is an emotion characterized by antagonism towards someone or something you feel, operative word feel, has deliberately done you wrong. You feel has deliberately done you wrong. And in our culture, in our society today, everybody's just victims nowadays. Cut me off in track. Oh, I know they didn't. They think they cars better than my car that they can go in front of me at the, at the drive-thru. And I'm going to have to give them a piece of their mind. I've been waiting here just as long as them. And, that, and you're a Christian. Because that person has done you wrong. Spouses, you slave over that stove. Work real hard. Spouse comes home. Don't say thank you. Oh, they just going to do me wrong like that? They don't know I have to go and wait and lie for these scripts. And I put all this time and effort into getting these scripts for this man or this woman, and I ain't going to say thank you? Oh, you just did me wrong. Or God forbid someone has a slip of the tongue and says something that you think was wrong and they didn't really mean it that way. And then they say, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it. And you go, yes, you did. Why? Because I want to be mad right now? Married couples. Here's the thing. This is not the marriage uh, sermon, but it, it happens in close proximity. When you get to a place where you're arguing, and you're not arguing what you're really talking about right now, you're arguing about something that happened three weeks ago, all the married people say amen. Because you didn't get mad then. Or you didn't display your anger then, but you stuffed it down and let them do it one more time and let them do it one more time. And then I just can't take it no more. And you sitting there yelling and somebody rang the doorbell and you said, hey, girl, how you doing? 
Rip right, right now is not a really good time. You can't really talk right now. But listen, I get up with you later, slam the door. And then another thing I got to tell you. Because Christians, we argue in silence. We argue in private, right? We act like our walls are soundproof and our kids don't hear it. And our kids are learning how to deal with anger based upon the way mom and daddy deal with anger. Houston, we have a problem. We got to get this thing called anger under control. And so I'm going to talk about a few things or a few ways that people display anger, just in case you like you say, I ain't raised my hand yet. I don't really receive that. And we're going to talk about a few ways that people deal with and cope with anger. And then we're going to talk about some ways of combating it. Then we're going to have a reflection moment, baby dedication again, and then we're going to go home. Amen. God warns us that anger comes at an extremely high price. Anger comes at an extremely high price. And so here's the ways that I found over the years how people deal with anger. Some of us, we explode. We stuff it down. Ain't, ain't no problem. Ain't no problem. Everything on our nerves. And all of a sudden, one day, excuse me, there was anger coming out. One day, we lose it, and we give everybody every bit of our mind, every piece of our mind, anybody in our way going to get a piece of this wrath. And a lot of us who explode this way, when we explode, when we're exploded, what happens is, what happens is we get it all out, and then we feel extremely guilty. Then we get mad at ourselves for losing our temper. Anybody else? No, raise your hand. I used to be so bad. I used to, man, I used to be so bad. I used to tear stuff up in my house, and then knowing good and well, I got to go pay for that. Early on in my marriage, I would throw stuff. Ah, you make me so mad. Boom. Dang it, it cost $77. It was a $77 lamp. But what it was, was me and my wife, we weren't communicating, and she was doing things that were offending me all along. It's just offense, just offense. I'm just taking offense. I'm just taking offense. I'm just taking offense. I'm taking offense. I'm taking offense. And half the time, she don't even know she's offending, but I'm taking it as offense, as offense. And then, you know, if you've been newly read, you know, you're trying to figure each other out, and I'm trying to tell her what she needs to do, and she's like, I don't really know if I need to do all that. And then I'm like, but you need to do that because I'm the man, and you don't understand. I, bring the bi- I pay the bills. And so all this stuff is just making me mad. Just making me angry. And to the point where I'm just like, ah! What was that? I felt like I was out of control. And when I broke something, it displayed that I was out of control. And God is trying to get us to the place where we're under the control of the Holy Spirit. And so oftentimes when we're exploders like that, when we just rah, if you, it shows that there's something else going on on the inside. It's not, anger is not the problem. It's what's going on on the inside. I'm feeling hurt. I'm feeling rejected. I'm feeling, I'm feeling disregarded. I'm feeling like you're not respecting me. And instead of saying all those things, listen, I feel like you're disrespecting me. What I say is, rawr, like the Hulk. Like Bruce Banner said in that movie, I got to let you in on the I'm always angry. And then there's others of us where things happen and we think that anger is such a bad thing that we just feel like, you know what, I can't, I can't associate with anger like that, so I'm not mad. And so you're a liar. <laughs> What's wrong with you? 
nothing. <laughs> why your shoulders poked up, hold up? Like your body language is saying something totally different. You're breathing all hard. Why? <sighs> you ever have a breather in the house with you? <sighs> What's the matter? Your asthma acting up? You mad? Nah, I ain't mad. Could have fooled me. Tell your face. You ain't mad. I ain't mad, I ain't mad, I ain't mad. Then you start doing things that are very, 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 very passive aggressive. And then you're acting like you're not being passive aggressive, but everybody in the room knows you're being passive aggressive. There's a jury in the room, 10 other people saying, what's the matter? Ain't nothing wrong with me, y'all tripping. We all tripping? I'll give you a road rage example. You're on the highway. Somebody gets behind, they're honking at home, and they're flipping you off. Some of us, oh, you want to flip me off? Bless the Lord. You thought I was going slower than the speed limit. Watch me go 40 on the highway and not make eye contact. I don't know what's wrong with them. They just so angry. They're just angry people around here. I don't know what, I'm just a good, listen, you're a liar. You're mad too. You want to get back at people. You desire to get back at people. Listen, hey, man, I need you to be here at 1230, and you walk at 1245. Act like you're running the place. As a matter of fact, you've been sitting in the parking lot for 22 minutes. I'm going to make me a plate. The rest of y'all got to do it yourself. Last week, you were making plates for everybody. A lot of us are walking around angry. Listen, you have words for everybody even when they're not asking for your advice. Well, you know the way you ought to do it. Give me the child. Let me show you how to. Will you please back up? This is my child. Where does that come from? Don't raise your hand. Some of us, we surf the internet for things to be mad about so we can post about because we're angry today. And you forward it to all your friends and say, if you're outraged about this, give me a like. And we filter life through our emotions rather than facts and reality. And so I love Chip Ingram. Chip Ingram says this. Chip Ingram says about anger, anger is simply the red light that goes off in your car on the dashboard. He believes, and I tend to agree with him on some aspects, but that's not every aspect of it. He believes that anger is a secondary emotion. Anger is not really the issue. Anger is the thing that, tell, that tells you, it triggers in you, there's something going on in inside. And it's how we deal with anger is when it becomes sin or not sin. The Bible tells us to be angry, but don't sin. That's what it says. You're a King James reader? Be ye angry, but sin not. That just sounds so poetic. It's not a declaration that you should be angry, but the way that it talks about it in the original context, in the original language, it's saying in the instance that you become angry, don't let that anger cause you to sin. And so anger is not the issue. 
Anger is just this thing that lets you know something's going on. Something's happening. I'm feeling some kind of way. And it's easier to say I'm mad than to say I'm hurt. It's easier to say I'm mad than I'm feeling vulnerable. Why? Because if I got to use my words, that means I got to communicate with you and I'm not liking you right now. And so anger, what happens after anger, it really shows us what's going on inside of our heart. The Bible even goes on to say, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Why? Because we need to deal with it in a way that, yeah, you're going to get mad, the Bible tells us. You're going to get mad. You're going to get frustrated. You're going to feel some type of way. But don't let the sun go down on your anger. Don't allow that thing to move you in such a way that, 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 that you let it. Listen, if you let anger go on overnight, when you wake up, there's a seed that's been sown. Anybody ever went to sleep mad and had all kinds of dreams? And you act like, oh, it's just a dream. No. You know, sometimes you, in your dream, you can control some things in your dream. Anybody else? Like you can control some scenarios in your dream. The Lord ain't going to be mad at me because I'm dreaming about it. Yes, he will. You sowing seeds. You watering it while you sleep. Let's look at the word. Where we at? No, let's not look at the word just yet. Let's recap from last week about taking thoughts captive. That's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do. Can you get the slide from last week, Albert? Talking about controlling our thoughts. There we go. Controlling our thoughts. When we want to control our thoughts, we have three choices. This applies to anger. We talked about it last week. The first choice is we can embrace it which many of us do when it comes and it pertains to anger. Angry thoughts, we embrace it. The enemy whispers in your ear, they doing you so wrong right now. And you say, yes, they are. I can't believe that they will fix their mouth to do me in such a way. And so we embrace it. The second option is we can wrestle with it. We can go, hey, is there really an injustice here? Is there really something that's happening? Is there really something that's going wrong on the end? Let, 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 let me figure this out. Let me, God, help me. And so the wrestling implies that you're speaking to God about it. You're going to the word about it, and you're trying to figure it all out. And the third option is the really the option that we really want to do based upon having the word speak to us. Is We want to take that thought captive. We want to think, take that thought captive. How do you take that thought captive? Listen, this person is the person who loves me more than anybody else on the planet if you're in a marital relationship. If it's a sibling or someone that lives in the house for you, you start thinking, you know what, last week they did, they, they just randomly brought me a gift. Like they went out to eat and they brought me something back. They didn't even ask. So is this person really trying to harm me? Like you have to, you have to wrestle in your mind about these things because the enemy is the accuser of the brethren. Listen, I, listen, and this is not me being sore. I'm going to sore right here. But listen, this, I've had so many people, and some of you guys have experienced this, and we've been around for about five years at church. I've had so many people who have left this church mad at me, and I don't even know what we did, and I try to go out and communicate with them going, what, what, what happened? Like, what, like, what's going on? And it just goes radio silent because you know what happened? Chances are they've been offended by something I said or something I did but we never got an opportunity to communicate, and I wish them well. I'm not mad at them, but I don't understand how sometimes we can be so angry and so, and this person was just saying last week how much they love the church, and then this week they don't want to have nothing to do with me, and I'm like, okay, so like, 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 really, what just happened? And chances are, if y'all don't believe it, you, you don't have to believe it, but I'm going to go on with my life. 
I miss you. I wish you was here. But guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to go on with my life. And you in here all bottled up. And a lot of us in this room right now, I know because I talk to you. We're walking around because we've been hurt by the church. And the church is just going on. They having a hallelujah time. And we all bottled up. And we all tore up on the inside. And we angry because of church and the pastor and the death. And you ain't even talk to the man or the woman. That's how the enemy comes in and he divides. He gets us mad at one another. He gets you mad at your spouse. And it can be about legitimate stuff. You always doing this. And, and that person could always be doing that. But you get mad about it. Next thing you know, you're going to the court to say, we don't want this marriage to be around no more. I'm going to tear this family up because I was offended. Walk back around here. Gallup poll says this. 70% of human behavior is based on emotion, not reason. 70%. Think about it. If you do 10 things today, seven of them you're going to do out of pure emotion. Help us, Lord. We need the Holy Spirit in our ear. Aristotle said this in 30, 320 B.C. The Greek philosopher said, anybody can become angry. That is easy. However, to be angry with the right person to the right degree at the right time for the right purpose and in the right way, that requires wisdom. Anybody get mad? Any fool can get mad. Well, Aristotle just said, like, you just said it more eloquently than me. Any fool can get mad. But what about you getting mad at the right things, at the right purposes, in the right Listen, get mad about sin. And don't get mad at the person. Get mad at, we talked about it last week, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Get mad at the thing that's behind the situation that's causing the discord. Get mad at the devil. We're not fighting people. I know they're on your last nerve. But have you ever considered, I'm getting to my application points a little early right now, have you ever considered praying for that person? I ain't going to pray for them, they need to pray for themselves. Are we being real today? Have you ever been in a situation where somebody has needed prayer and you was mad? I, I'm going to tell myself all day today. And you're like, pastor, pray for me now. I don't need no pastor pray for me. Been on my last nerve for a little while now. Pray for yourself. Am I the only one? We'll call this Keep It Real Church. I'm serious. Don't make it right. But makes it real. And I have to talk to myself. Sean, what are you doing? What are you doing, Sean? I don't know, Sean. I'm serious. Talk to yourself sometime. Not like, you know, don't answer yourself like I'm doing, but talk to yourself sometime. Why is this bothering you so much? Because you're salty. You think you're better than Jesus. Because that's what it really says when we don't humble ourselves. You're better than Jesus. And we walk around with our chest popped out. You understand who I am. And a lot of times we get angry and offended because we think too highly of ourselves. And so I got to talk to myself. I do. And because I've had a reservoir of the word inside of me, I say, you know what? I need to humble myself in the sight of the Lord. I really do. I think that not, I ought to not think so highly of myself. 
Surely if Jesus endured the cross, I can endure somebody being mad at me. And as a matter of fact, let me go low. Let me humble. Have you ever, I don't do it at home, so my wife's going to say, do whatever, whatever. Well, you ever humbled yourself and the person, and the, the person who was coming at you was wrong as a day is long, and you just said, you know what, I'm sorry. And it took all the air out of them. They have no, they still want to fight, but they couldn't fight. It's hard to fight somebody with their hands up like this, unless you just, you just evil if you fight somebody with their hands up. If you ever had to, had to fight somebody when you had your hands up, call me. I'm going to help you out. Because the word of God works a lot of the time. Just humble yourself. Listen, look, look, look. I'm a principal guy. I am. I want to teach you a lesson in this, but I can't. I want to tell you certain things, but you can't hear them right now. So let me humble myself. I'm sorry. Once again, I'm coming back. I'm all on my application form. Let's get to the word. Sorry. I'm passionate about this. Like, why? Because I was in bondage to anger for so long. And anger still wants to crop up in my life all the time. To the point where now, where even I, when I have angry thoughts, I get so convicted because anger, listen, you, listen, look, it was almost demonic how angry I used to get. You could talk to people from my old neighborhood like, like they'd be like, nah, don't get weakly. Nah. Do something else. Let's do something else. I was the littlest one in the room, too, Napoleon syndrome. I started growing after high school. I'm serious. I was like, I thought Tupac was a prophet. Tupac, Tupac had a lyric that said, Get my weight up with my hate and pay it back when I'm bigger. I got bigger. Oh, y'all gotta y'all gonna feel my wrath now. I'm not the little bitty one that was angry. Now I'm the big one that's angry. Serious, it was in it bound it bound me for so long that it, it it was a stronghold. And I'm not speaking to some people today. It was a stronghold. And maybe you don't interact with your anger. Like when I felt angry, when I felt vulnerable, I wanted you to feel just as vulnerable as I just now felt. And I'm gonna do and listen, and, and some of y'all be saying, Well, you just remember, listen, it didn't matter how big you were. I'm serious. You can like 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 I ain't got nobody who can hear the witness right now. I, I made grown men cry as a teenager. Because I want you to, listen, the way that you just made me feel, guess what? You're going to feel that right now. You're going to experience that right now. Now, we're not going to talk about it. We're not going to communicate. Listen, I was the one. Hey, bro, hey, bro. Put your, no, you got your hands up? No, no, no. This, this is passive hands up. I'm serious. And once it gets inside of you like that, listen, it becomes this, it becomes this, it becomes this imaginary best friend. I know it sounds weird, it sounds strange, but your anger becomes your imaginary best friend. And you can lean on it, you can talk to your anger, you can, you can, you can, it sounds almost demonic. And a lot of us believers, we're walking around in bondage to our feelings. Our feelings. And so we suppress it when we become Christians. And the way we take it out is we take it out on sinners. You ain't got to say it, man. You know you have. Because they sin differently than you sin, 
You got to let them know. And you got to let them know how God makes you feel because God not really making you feel that way. But you got to let them know how God makes you feel when you sin. So you got to go out there and you got to tell the world what they need to be doing and how they need to be doing it right here, right now. And they don't even believe. I saw this just recently. Uh, there was a street preacher who, who he rebuked a, uh, somebody brought it to my attention, a street, pe- a street preacher who rebuked a, uh, a gospel artist outside the concert, just yelling and screaming. And so, you know me, I'm going to investigate. And so I go straight to the comments on YouTube because it was a YouTube video. I heard the video. I kind of know what he's going to say. You, you know what he's going to say. Turn to burn, the, the world, uh, friend. You can't be a lover of Jesus if you're a friend with the world. All that kind of stuff. I get that. I get that. Scripture says that. I get that. I get that. How you say it, it's another thing. But anyway, I look at the comments, and overwhelmingly the trolls came out. And they were condemning, and they were pointing the finger, and they were, and I just wanted to, I just, I, I did some research, I did some research, because this is what I do. <laughs> and so I click on people who are commenting, going back to their stuff, and I'm like, ooh, ooh, a lot of people walking around with beams in their eyes. I mean, literally, somebody commented, holiness or hell? How is that loving? Holiness or hell? Now, here's the thing for you theological people in the room. There's a truth to that. Either you're set apart to Christ or you're not. There's a truth to that. There's a truth to that. But with every truth comes our skewed interpretation of that truth. Now, how many people, don't raise your hand, how many people have you led to the Lord in the last year? I can probably just sit right where it is because the room this size there should be a lot of people who have been led to the Lord this year. But a room this size in my, in, 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 in my experience tells me, tells me that maybe one or two, maybe one or two. So a lot of us ain't going around winning souls. I quoted it last week about a thing I saw on social media. We out here winning arguments and not winning souls. And so what does that tell me about how I feel about God and the love of God and the mission of God and what I should be doing? That tells me we walking around and we salty. Not like it says salty on the back of my shirt, but we salty. We just getting by. Ephesians 4, 26 and 32. It says, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sin sun go down on your anger. And give no opportunity to the devil. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. And do not give opportunity to the devil. It says, let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor. Do an honest work with his hands, and so he may have something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth. And the church said, kill me now, Lord. But only such as is good for building up as it fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. Your words have the ability to foster grace in the life of those who hear, but if you're only giving them the law, guess what you're doing? You're giving them death because the Bible says that the law kills. No one can abide by the law. No one can live up to the law. And so that's why we need grace. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God 
by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. I feel like the Holy Spirit is walking around in a lot of our lives just grieved all day long. Think about it. If the Holy Spirit is, 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 is your co-pilot, if he's riding along with you all day long and he's seeing the things that you see, he's saying, he's, he, he's privy to the things that you're saying, how do you think he's feeling? I used to use the illustration. I did it live one time and I almost died doing it. But I got this, I got this, and people with the babies in the room, you can really identify with this. I got this diaper and I put chili in the diaper. And I folded it up, and I'm giving an illustration. Some of y'all, y'all, y'all remember the illustration? And I opened up the thing and act like it was, you know, and I took a spoon. And I began to eat the chili out of the diaper. And everybody in the room went, ugh, imagine me trying to eat it. I was like, ooh, like I knew it was chili. But it's just like this thing that kind of happens on the inside of you. But the Holy Spirit is walking around with, <laughs> around with us all day, and it's like we're eating chili out of diapers all day. He's like, no, 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 stop. We're not chili. But we're not listening. And we're going around, and y'all, listen, the Bible says that all righteous is like a filthy rag. So even if you're acting righteous, it's still nasty. And we're going around, and we're partaking of this all day long, this filth, this filth, this filth. And with our mouth, we're spewing, and we're doing, and, 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 and God is just sitting there going, stop, what are you doing? Jesus is saying, I didn't die on the cross for this. Verse 30, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you are sealed to the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you with all malice. All these things that you did, that you, he said, let it be put away with you. With, listen, listen, listen. Be, act like somebody moved into your house and you didn't invite them. Evict it. You go home right now, somebody sitting on your living room uh, floor. Clipping his toenails and watching your cable. You're not going to, you know, you, you, I'm just kind and compassionate. You just go ahead and stay there. No. You don't belong here. It's not right for you to be here. You need to go. And if they tell you, I'm not going nowhere, you might get a little malicious in the way that you tell them to go. Some of you might call the police. Other of you guys might call Roscoe in, your, in the gun safe. You got to get up out of here. I don't care where you go. And don't stop at the yard. Keep going. Wait, I, can, I don't need to see you. With all malice. You want to be malicious about something? Be malicious about those things that come out of our mouth that are poisonous and are poisoning the well. Be malicious about that. Stop looking at the beam. I mean, stop looking at the speck in another man's eye when you got beams all up in yours. That's what the scripture is telling us. It says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. That is, that, listen, 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 listen. That's a knockout blow right there. Forgive others as, forgive others as, forgive others as Christ has forgiven you. Listen, forgiven people understand that they're forgiven. I think half the people who walk around being malicious and vile and ugly to people who don't believe like them, you know what? I believe you don't really believe you're forgiven. 
Because the way that you're treating other people is an indication of the way you think God treats you. And so in verse 26, we find these, these action points. When you find yourself angry, first, do not sin. That's what the scripture says. Do not take action on your anger. Do not take action on your anger. When you find yourself angry, when you get angry, don't sin. Secondarily, do not let the sun go down on your anger. Listen, God has given you a timetable. He's given you a little bit of grace. Listen, you angry? Don't let the sun go down on it. You mad, bro? Don't let the sun go down on it. Don't do it. In other words, he's telling you, get rid of it quickly. Don't let a cycle go where you have not, you have not gotten rid of your anger. Because the longer you let it live, the longer it, the more powerful it gets. We walking around here like the Hulk. Smashing everything in our sight. And finally, do not give devil space because the devil is an opportunist. And when he sees anger, oh, my brother. It's like that bit in that horse's mouth that we talked about a couple of weeks ago. He's leading you around by that bit once he knows you're angry. He, can, he don't even have to, he don't even have to convince you no more. He can just whisper it and you're ready to go. You're ready to do whatever. You're ready to ride. The, listen, listen. The penitentiary is full of people who got angry, and you ask them why they do that. And I, I just had a fit of man, I was just mad. Now I'm paying for it with my life. Think about it. If every time you had that fit of rage, they be putting people in jail, people, we, we stop. Every time you get mad, they say that's a weekend in jail. I'm praying hard. Oh, Lord, please help me from my thoughts. Lord, 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 Lord. I'm too pretty for jail, which I am. If you're wondering where that scripture came from in, uh, that we just read, uh, in the Bible when you're reading, there's a thing called a law of first mention. The law of first mention. And oftentimes in the New Testament, there's a quote, a quotation from the Old Testament. And that's a quotation from Psalm 4, 4 and 5. This is David. David is so triggered right now when he's in his prayer. And David is trying to get his prayer answered. And watch what David said. David said, and you talk about being real. David is a king of being real. David is trying to get his prayer answered. And he says, be angry and do not sin. Ponder in your heart on your beds and be silent. Selah. Selah means think on that. So you mad, bro? Sit on your bed. Think about that for a minute. Why you mad? Why you mad? What's going on? What's the root of it? What's happening? Why are you acting this way? Be silent. Don't call your girlfriend on the phone. Girl, let me tell you what's going on, what you think. No, we don't, want, we don't care what your girlfriend thinks. We don't care what your partners think right now. Listen, get quiet, get before the Lord, and see why am I mad in your own heart. Don't check nobody else's experiences in your own heart. He says, offer, sacri offer right sacrifices and put your trust in the Lord. Why is he saying that right after he just said that about this? Listen, your sacrifice to God ain't even right when you're angry in your heart. The Bible says that you can come before me and you bring your gift and you realize that not only if, are you mad, bro, but if somebody else is mad at you, he says, go get that relationship right. Then come back to me and give me your offering. 
God is serious about us walking around mad all the time. Mad all the time. Then he goes and says, put your trust in God. He said, vengeance is mine. I'll repay, says the Lord. As a matter of fact, we should be praying that God doesn't show his vengeance on that person. Lord, I pray that even if this person did do me wrong, even if this is, a, if, even if this is an unjust person, I'm going to pray the prayer that Jesus prayed on the cross. Lord, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. That's the posture. That's the heart God wants us to have. But we walk around here like we all that in a bag of chips. So God is saying, ponder these things. Think about these things. Don't let it fester. Anger is like when anybody ever left someplace and you ate the food and the food really wasn't all that good in the first place. But you took a bag home and you put it in the refrigerator. And 17 days later, you still ain't ate that food. You got to throw it out. Anger's like that. Anger's like those leftovers that you really ain't going to eat. When you, let, when you let the sun go down on your anger, you're just putting, you just putting it in the refrigerator and trying to say, I'm going to get to it later. No, you need to deal with it. You need to deal with it. And some of us walk around with our anger like it's a trophy. Why? Because it helps us to identify with other angry people. We can create community around other angry people. And that's not cool either. Because we get around other, other angry people and we all mad, we all sad, we all busted and disgusted. But the Lord will make a way somehow. No, he won't. He wants you to get up out of the angry situation. He could, but he ain't. You ain't got to say man. You can say ouch. We got to be aggressive when it comes to dealing with our anger. Putting away all those things that the Bible just says, I'm going to take a shortcut because I got to go. Um, so how do we deal with it? How do we deal with it? I think James 1, 19 and 20 gives us a glimpse. James 1, 19 and 20 gives us a glimpse. It says, know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. So in dealing with our anger, first thing we need to do is slow down. Slow down. What do you mean by that, Pastor? Slow. Listen, listen. Slow it down. When you're mad, thoughts are just racing at you. They're just coming at you. Oh, and, and another thing, and another thing, and another Just slow down. Breathe. I'm not going to be uber-spiritual right now. Right? Because the uber-spiritual answer will be just pray. But sometimes I got to slow down before I can pray. Slow down. I got to make it. I got I, 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 I to take an assessment of this. Okay, what's really happening? What did I, what, what was my part in this? God, show me why this light is going off in the car. The, 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 the check engine light. Why is it going off? When's the last? My check engine light been on for a long time in my car. I don't even care no more. I'm serious. I got a car that's worth $600. Please die. It's summertime. AC don't work. Please just, just go and give us a dose. The check engine light go off. I don't punch the screen. Boom! Fixed. Right? You take it to the mechanic or the Jiffy Lube, they put it on the machine, run a diagnostics, and then it tells you what it meant by check engine. That's what anger, uh, you get angry, so you have to slow down and go, okay, what, what, what's happening? Why is it? What's going on with me right now? Because I'm intending for whatever is going on to be fixed. It's going to take work. I got to fix this. 
It took you 27 years to get the way that you are. It took you 34 years to get the way that you are. It took you 47 years to get the way you are. It took you 65 years to get the way you are. That's going to take some work to unravel all this stuff. And the challenge is, you know what? I'm just going to ignore the light. I'm going to put a piece of tape over it. I don't see it. Ain't nothing running around until your engine lock up. And then you cry on the Lord. Oh, Lord, my engine done locked up. He's like, I've been telling you to check your engine for seven months now. Slow down. Evaluate what's going on. Slowing down is about identification. What's happening with me? It doesn't matter what's happening externally. What's happening with me? Secondarily, you pray. Why do you pray? Because we want to become mature believers. Listen, mature believers act differently than immature believers when it comes to anger. I want this situation to be renewed instead of reacting. I don't want to be reactionary with my life. So I pray, God help me. Like God, like it, you ain't got to raise your hand. I prayed this prayer. God, I don't know what's wrong with me right now, but I don't like the way I'm feeling. Like ain't nobody bothering me, but I'm so I'm so triggered right now, God. I really am. Well, the pastor said that. Yeah. I don't understand why I feel like punching a wall right now. God, you got to help me because this situation ain't, this ain't natural. I'm under some kind of warfare. Something's going on. And I begin to pray and God begin to tell me, you're angry because of this. Oh, yeah, that did happen, Lord. I totally tried to ignore that. Okay, okay, God. The Lord is faithful and just to show you you if you will go to him and say, show me me. Oftentimes what we do is we come to church on Sunday and we get a word or we listen to our favorite podcast or we, or, 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 or we look, 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 do a devotional on our phone or something like that. And that's the equivalent of going to the doctor, the doctor saying, yeah, you have stage whatever of whatever. And you go, thanks for the information. And you walk out. That's what the word will do for you. The word will show you you. It will show you where you're broken. It will show you where you need to be fixed. And then you go, okay, I got it. And you just walk away. The Bible says the word is like a mirror where you look at it and you see exactly what you are. And then you close the Bible, you walk away, and you forget quickly what you just look like. And the Bible, listen, listen, listen. God is telling us it's time out for us just to evaluate our situation without trying to fix the situation. It's time out for it. How many of you ever been to a church service and everybody walking out, ooh, that was a good word, ooh, that was a good word. By lunchtime, everybody don't forgot what the word was. Oh, that was so convicting. Oh, he preached that word today. I was so convicted. Woo! A week later, your life looked the same. Well, we've gotten to a point where we want to be convicted, but we don't want to be transformed. Number three from last week. Take our thoughts captive. After you pray, Take those thoughts captive. Those angry thoughts, take them captive. Make them, make them submit to who Christ is. Make them submit to who Christ is. All right, this is a big one. This is a big one. This is the big one. Communicate when it's time to speak. You mean I got to talk to that fool? 
You had your gift on the altar. You realize that someone has something against you. How much more when you got something against that person? Listen, bro. You said this to me the other day. It triggered me. Listen, I shouldn't respond it that way. Listen, I apologize. I've been walking around here angry at you. I shot you in the face four times on the ride over here. In my head. Communicate when it's time to speak. Because the issue is, most of us have bad communication skills. They should teach communication in elementary school. We don't know how to talk. We are here talking five, six different languages, and everybody triggered, and you didn't even mean it. But then you got to the point where y'all so angry at each other, you can't take it back because everybody else got involved. And now I look like a fool if I say I'm sorry. And I, I, talk it out. That's what grown folk do. Put on your big boy pants, your big girl pants, and talk it out. Now, listen, if you talk it out, and some of y'all know somebody, well, I, I'm, I, you know the person in your head right now, y'all, I'm telling you to go talk to. You say, I know what's going to happen. Listen, after you talk it out and it still don't work, listen, you done did your part. But do your part. Don't show up with your fold, arms all folded like this. Talking about, well, I talked to him about it. Trying to help us, y'all. Trying to help us. Got to roll up your sleeves and do the work. Hmm. I'm a, I, I got to add this caveat. I got to add this caveat. I got to add this caveat because I say the last one. Listen. Be discerning to what the Holy Spirit says, though. Because some of y'all, put it out there, some of y'all, y'all want to talk so you can prove another point. I'm talking about talking with, 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 with the idea that there's resolution going to come. Not talk so you can get your last point. Listen, I said it last week. Sometimes just shut up. So I'm not contradicting myself. What I'm saying is if you're going to talk with the idea of resolution, don't just show up. And listen, if you can't talk to that person with, 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 with yourself, the Bible gives us a clear example. Get somebody to go with you. Get a mediator. And if that mediator still can't get it right, then get the elders involved. We'll come. We like being messy. We can show up with the popcorn. We're like, uh-huh, get some, girl. No, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. Get the church involved. Because some people just, some people are just so, so bound that they don't want to get up out of that situation. But it's your responsibility as a believer to be your brother's keeper. And so what we are doing is, listen, listen, it's not to be messy. It's not to run people off. But what it is to try to get that person on the path to wholeness. And you're doing this in the idea of there's going to be restored fellowship at the end of this process. SJ listens to the podcast. I'm like, they bold at this church. And so at this church, they have, a, they, they, they have a culture at this church that if you gossip about somebody to another person, then that person that you're gossiping to that person about that person, they say, listen, you got 24 hours to go tell that person that you just gossiped on them to me, or then me and you are both going to tell them. Guess what happened at that church? People stop gossiping. All that prayer gospel. You know how we pray gospel? They pray for brother such and such. He just, ooh. Call it out. Listen, you're going to go tell brother such and such that you just gossip or we both going. 24 hours. Go make it happen. I want a receipt when you get through. And if it don't happen, they, <laughs> people stop gossiping. When you're going to be held accountable for your actions, you stop doing certain things. Amen. Number five. I'm going to put a de facto on this one, too. 
It says change your environment. Listen, don't just bolt because you feel like bolting. You talk to the person. <laughs> the situation didn't get resolved. They refused it. Listen, 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 listen. It's okay to treat that person as if y'all, you love them from over yonder because they just, it, it's okay to do that. Unless, uh, listen, again, I'm going to put this caveat. Unless the Holy Spirit tells you, go give them a gift. Keep trying, this kind of stuff. It's okay for you to bag away from a toxic situation. If you, it, 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 listen, listen, listen. I can't be in it because it's dragging me down. Be not deceived. Evil company corrupts good character. Now, I'm not saying, and some of y'all going, ooh, I'm gone now. Listen, 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 listen. See all the other steps? Did you see all the other steps? <laughs> I can't help it. Gabe makes you laugh every time. <laughs> the Bible tells us, blessed is the man who does not sit in the council of scoffers. You're just sitting there. Everybody else is mad and triggered. You're sitting there mad and triggered, too. Well, Jesus, you ain't Jesus. Sometimes you, you, you weak. You might need to change your atmosphere. Because especially if you're not in that atmosphere to tell the other brothers and sisters in that atmosphere that, listen, you, no, 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 we shouldn't be doing that. No, 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 no. Did you talk to Pastor Sean? I wish, I, I wish some of y'all would do that for me. Please do that for me. Did you talk to Pastor Sean about that? Go, go talk to him about it. Did you talk to Stan about that? Go ahead. JT's right there. Go talk to him. I, I'm not, no, like, I literally see him right now while you're talking to me about him. Go talk to him. Change the, vibe. change the atmosphere. Your actions change the atmosphere. And if that means you stepping away from it, you can't, you can't be around it. You can't be a part of it. I warn, I admonish. You still want to do what you want to do? I'm going to step over here. Finally, Ephesians 4.32 says this. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ has forgiven you. Finally, forgive them. Even if you can't be around a person, forgive them. Listen, I forgive you. There's nothing that that person could have done to you. Listen, and, I, I, and I'm, not, I'm not advocating that people don't do wrong to people, that people haven't done horrific things to people. Listen, you still got to forgive them. Christ on the cross, horrific, sinless. And if you're wrestling with forgiveness, listen, you got to pray to God. God, help me. That's a valid prayer. God, I want to forgive, but I'm so triggered right now. Help me, Lord. And don't get mad at God if God shows you you while you're trying to forgive somebody else. God do that to me, my wife, I mean, for my wife all the time. I be so mad sometimes. And he'll show me me. I'm like, God, you ain't got to show me me. Let's fix her. Y'all laughing. Been married since 1994. I don't even know how many years that is. How long is that? 27? 27, 27 years? 25. Still, still, got the, still got the capacity to be triggered. Love her to death, but whoo! Jesus. I love you, Lord. You heard my cry. 
And right now she's making me really angry, Lord. And the Lord say, Lord, y'all heard me say this before. She's my daughter, not yours. I'm like, that's Holy Spirit. Always doing stuff, God. Forgive. And if we can put these things in place, if we can get to a place where we're, listen, not to say that anger won't show up, but when it does show up, if we can properly take those things captive, we can properly navigate life. Listen, your life will change and the lives around pe- the people around you will change. Don't mean it's going to change next Tuesday, but it will change. So I'm going to have the worship team sing a, another song. And I want to reflect on our, our heart right now. The things in your heart, the things in your life that you feel like, God, I'm harboring anger for this. I'm angry about this. Help me. Bring those things to the Lord right now. And as you listen, do what you need to do. If you need to walk around, if you need to stand up and pray, you need to sit down and pray. If you need to come up to the to the front and just pray. God wants you to be whole more than you want to be whole. And at these type of moments, it's God pulling on your heart. If you hear him tugging on your heart, he's pulling in your heart right now to say, give, listen, baby, just give it to me. I hear your burden. I see your heart. Give it to me. He's not going to come in and take it. He's not going to perform surgery without your consent. But you got to make up in your mind that you're sick and tired of being sick and tired. You're sick and tired of being angry. You're sick and tired of being frustrated. You're sick and tired of living beneath your privilege as a believer. And if you do those things, I guarantee you God will begin to show up in your life because he's a loving God and he wants to help you and he wants to change you and he wants to rearrange your situation. You just got to be real with them. Thank you for listening. If you would like to know more about us, please visit us at anycommunity.church.